Chapter 14 of Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeannie Hall. Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them by Hareward Carrington. Chapter 14 Clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is derived from two French words, and means literally clear-seeing. It means far more, however, in the language of spiritualism and psychics, and is now used to cover and classify, if not to explain, a large number of different phenomena, which some day will probably be explained in other ways. There are various types and kinds of clairvoyance, different authorities having given somewhat different definitions of the various subdivisions. Thus, the Manual of the National Spiritualists' Association subdivides and defines the various types of clairvoyance as follows. Subjective Clairvoyance 1. Subjective clairvoyance is that psychic condition of a human being, who thereby becomes a medium, which enables spirit intelligences, through the manipulation of the nerve centers of sight, to impress or photograph upon the brain of the medium pictures and images which are seen as visions by the medium without the aid of the physical eye. These pictures and images may be of things, spiritual or material, past or present, remote or near, hidden or uncovered, or they may have their existence simply in the conception or imagination of the medium communicating them. Objective Clairvoyance 2. Objective clairvoyance is that psychic power or function of seeing objectively spiritual beings, objects, and things by and through the spiritual sensorium which pervades the physical mechanism of vision, without which objective clairvoyance would be impossible. But few persons are born with this power. In some it is developed, and in others it has but a casual quickening. Its extent is governed by the rate of vibration under which it operates. Thus, one clairvoyant may see objectively spiritual things which to another may be invisible, because of the degree of difference in the intensity of the power. X-ray clairvoyance 3. X-ray clairvoyance is a form of clairvoyance which partakes of the characteristics of the X-ray and seems to be objective. The clairvoyant who possesses this power is able to see physical objects through intervening physical matter, can perceive the internal parts of the human body, diagnose disease, and observe the operations of healing and decay. Cataleptic Clairvoyance 4. Cataleptic clairvoyance occurs when the body is in a trance state resembling sleep, induced by hypnotic power, exercised by an incarnate or decarnate spirit, or it may be self-induced. When in this state the spirit leaves the body and is able, at its own will or the suggestion of the hypnotist, to travel to remote places and to see clearly what is transpiring in the places it visits, and to observe spiritual as well as material things in its environment. While in this state it sometimes happens that the thoughts of the spirit in its travels are expressed by the lips of the physical body, and that thought images are conveyed to it through the physical body. This is due to the fact that there is a spirit cord which connects the body and the spirit and transmits vibrations between them. As long as this cord is not severed, the spirit can return to the body. But should it be severed, then what we call death would at once ensue. 
Under this form of clairvoyance, there is an interblending of subjective and objective spiritual sight. Trans-Control Clairvoyance 5. Trans-Control Clairvoyance is that psychic state under which the control of the physical body of the medium is assumed by a spirit intelligence, and the consciousness of the medium is, for the time being, dethroned. In this case, the controlling spirit is really the clairvoyant, and simply uses the medium's body as a means of communicating what the spirit sees, and therefore the question of subjective and objective spiritual sight, insofar as the medium is concerned, cannot be raised. To some persons who go to mediums for readings and who may become witnesses in trials at law, it may not be known that under trance control the medium is to all intents and purposes absent. Therefore, in dealing with definitions of clairvoyance to be used for the enlightenment of thinking people, judges, and juries, it seems necessary for the protection of such mediums to explain what is here termed trans-control clairvoyance. Telepathic clairvoyance, etc. 6. Telepathic clairvoyance is the subjective perception in picture form of thought transmitted from a distance. The type of clairvoyance illustrated in Class Four is frequently called traveling clairvoyance, because the spirit appears to travel, after leaving its body, and visit distant scenes. According to the above definitions, this type of clairvoyance is classified under definition number one, but other authorities would give it a separate class by itself. When the psychic's mind seems to travel backward along the stream of time, and remembers events which were beyond its normal recollection, we have cases of so-called retrocognition. When, on the other hand, the psychic's mind seems to travel forward into the future, and sees scenes and events which, of course, he was otherwise unable to foretell, we have cases of prevision, prophecy, and precognition. This latter subject will be dealt with more fully in the chapter devoted to Prophecy versus Fortune-Telling. We also have spontaneous and experimental clairvoyance, these definitions explaining themselves. Then, direct and indirect clairvoyance. Direct, when no other mind or agency is involved but the psychic's own. Indirect, when it goes through a roundabout channel and involves some other mind, incarnate or discarnate. As opposed to telepathic clairvoyance, we have so-called independent clairvoyance. Also, there are cases of reciprocal clairvoyance, in which two persons see one another at the same time and, as it were, exchange their clairvoyant visions. The type of clairvoyance which is characterized by leaving the body and visiting the spiritual spheres, afterwards returning to reanimate the body, is called ecstasy. Mr. Ledbetter divides clairvoyance into three subdivisions, clairvoyance in time, clairvoyance in space, and direct clairvoyance, in which the astral or spiritual senses are opened up so as to perceive planes of activity now about us. Dream Clairvoyance Clairvoyance may also occur in dreams, crystal visions, etc., and clairaudience, which corresponds to clairvoyance save that the information is obtained by means of the ear rather than the eye, may be obtained through shell-hearing. In this case, the messages are heard rather than seen. Another technical name for clairvoyance, which is sometimes used, is telesthesia. Clairvoyance may manifest itself in a variety of forms, as the above definitions would signify. The most common form is spontaneous clairvoyance, in which the psychic sees pictures of absent persons and scenes. Clairvoyant dreams are fairly common, 
Clairvoyant Diagnosis There is a type of mental clairvoyance which enables the subject to see, as it were, into the body of another, diagnosing his disease as though he perceived clearly the conditions present in that individual's body at the time. This form of psychic vision was possessed by Andrew Jackson Davis in a remarkable degree, but is possessed by many psychics of our own day. Another form of clairvoyance is that in which underground metals and waters may sometimes be perceived. Usually in this case, the psychic walks over the ground to be explored with a forked twig or stick in his hands. Suddenly this bends or dips, and where this happens, water or metal is to be found. This is technically known as dowsing, and has been proved to exist as a scientific fact by Sir William F. Barrett, Professor of Physics in the University of Dublin. Of late years, a new and peculiar type of clairvoyance has been developed by Mr. Vincent N. Turvey of London, a friend of Mr. W. T. Stead. He termed this phonevoyance, for the reason that he receives his impressions and intuitions, etc., when he is conversing with a distant friend over the telephone, and then only. This is a form of sensitiveness which could be obtained by many psychics if they developed it. The Explanation of Clairvoyance Clairvoyance has been explained in a variety of ways. We may briefly summarize these theories as follows. 1. The astral or spiritual sense theory. This may be stated as follows. Corresponding to each physical sense organ, the eye, ear, etc., there is a corresponding spiritual or astral sense organ. We see physical objects by means of the physical eye and hear them by means of the physical ear. When we see clairvoyantly, on the contrary, we see by means of our spiritual eye, and when we hear clairaudiently, we hear by means of the spiritual or astral ear. These spiritual sense organs function in a spiritual world, and of course serve the spiritual body when we die, as our physical organs now serve us, and operate on the spirit plane of activity. If their use is not cultivated in precisely the right direction, it may lead to difficulties for the reason that both the astral and spiritual sight may be used at the same time. They may become mixed up and you may see two worlds at once instead of one, so that you cannot be sure when you go outside the door whether you are going to step on the pavement or into a great ditch, both of which you see equally clearly before you. Many persons have got into this condition, which takes some time to outgrow. 2. The Spiritual Influence Theory According to this theory, clairvoyance is accomplished not by means of the subject's own unaided powers, but always through the instrumentality of a spirit who sees the distant scenes, etc., and impresses them upon the subject's mind telepathically. Tubes, Thought Forms, and Direct Perception 3. The Astral Tube Theory According to this view, the clairvoyant constructs a sort of telescope or tube for himself out of astral matter, and through this he looks. The figures, in this case, always appear small and far off. 4. By the creation of a thought form. On this theory, we create a thought form for ourselves in the locality we desire to visit and utilize it for the purpose of observation. We look out of its eyes, hear with its ears, etc. 5. The Direct Perception Theory This theory says that outside influences play no part in the phenomena, but that we perceive distant scenes ourselves by means of some process of self-projection. 
but here we are met with a difficulty that if the psychic is absent viewing the distant scene how can he also be present in the room animating his own body and speaking through it as he undoubtedly does in many cases most psychics when they begin their development see shapes and figures more frequently than they experience any other phenomena they wonder why this should be why should nearly all of us see now and then it is true we come across one who hears more easily than sees but he is the exception not the rule why and how we see in clairvoyance the explanation of this fact is probably the following we use our eyes more than we do any other one of our senses we feel that our active consciousness is more connected with sight than with anything else the sight centers in the brain are more used than any of the others and this fact is proved by dreams in which we see figures but very seldom hear spoken words again our memory consists mostly of visual symbols if we think of a person we call up his image before us this being a memory image now as these parts of the mind and brain are so active it is only an extension of this faculty of inducing memory images which enables us to see objects and figures in clairvoyance we only have to force this faculty of the mind a little more than usual to carry it beyond the limitations of physical sense whereas with the other senses much less used we have to do a great deal more of this cultivating or forcing process in order to develop the corresponding spiritual organs clairvoyance and similar faculties depend in many cases upon the partial liberation or freeing of the spirit from the body and the stimulation of the corresponding psychic sense organs into a higher degree of activity and so permitting their use the following are a few exercises which will be found helpful in developing this faculty of clairvoyance according to our methods of development developing exercises one seat yourself in a comfortable chair in a semi-darkened room mentally construct i e imagine before you a tube open at both ends one end of this tube fits over your eyes and the other end extends indefinitely outward into space imagine that this tube is hollow and that you can see through it perfectly turn this tube in the direction of the house of a friend of yours mentally go into a room and see if you can discover in it any one present and if so who he is and what he looks like note what you see carefully you will be able to verify the next day how far your vision is correct two construct the tube as before at the other end of this tube which you should imagine about one hundred yards long you must endeavor to see clairvoyantly the face of a friend try to distinguish the features of this face making them clearer and clearer when you have done this gradually pull it toward you by an effort of will until it is only about two or three feet distant it should then be perfectly clear and every feature distinguishable when you have succeeded in visualizing this face so clearly that you see it as distinctly as you would if that individual stood before you in life your progress as a clairvoyant will have made great advances and you may then begin experiments in influencing this person at a distance while seeing his face before you as explained will that he should do a certain thing to think of you at a certain time or see your face float before him as he is busy with his daily occupations if you practice this persistently you will ultimately achieve success 
being able to influence persons without doubt, polarization and how to use it. This ability to influence a distant person or object by means of your will, when directed toward him, has been termed a polarization, because you polarize a path or channel through the astral atmosphere toward the desired point, and this channel facilitates psychic communication in both directions. A great deal depends, during these experiments, upon your ability to hold the object clearly in your mind's eye, and to concentrate upon it. If you do not do this, your efforts will be lost, since you will find there are a great many astral currents, playing to and fro, which tend to disintegrate your own currents set up by you, and unless these are strong, you will not succeed in overcoming the astral cross-currents. In conducting these experiments, you must be sure, especially at first, always to keep your consciousness centered in your own body, and not to let it go outward into space along with your thought. Your will alone must travel outward. You must keep your consciousness within your own physical body. If you do not do this, you will be apt to get into trouble. Your starting point, your focal center, as it is called, must always be maintained. In developing clairvoyance, you should remember that faith and belief tend to open up your latent powers and faculties, while disbelief has the contrary effect of closing them and shutting off all further development. This is true in all lines of psychic unfoldment. Clairvoyance is a faculty possessed by the whole human race in varying degrees, and there are indications that with each generation its power is becoming greater and greater, so that the time will doubtless come when everyone will see clairvoyantly, just as we now see with our ordinary eyes. In fact, the possession of strong intuition and sentiments, sensing the feelings and emotions of others, etc., are but undeveloped clairvoyant flashes, giving you an insight into the mind of the person with whom you are conversing. Factors in the Development of Clairvoyance Concentration is an important factor in the cultivation of clairvoyance. You must train your mind so that you can think of a particular object for several minutes without relaxing or allowing any other thought to enter your consciousness. You must practice gazing at an object until you can do this for two or three minutes, without moving your eyes and without fatigue. You should cultivate deep breathing exercises and, during inspiration, think that you are drawing on the vital energy of the universe, while with each breath you exhale you are throwing off any adverse influences which may have come to you. Visualizing is an important factor in developing clairvoyance. You should get into the habit of calling up before your mind a face you have seen or a scene you have witnessed that day, trying to remember every detail and making it clearer and clearer until you have every detail clear in your mind's eye. You should then endeavor to project it outward into space, as though you were seeing these pictures outside your head as real entities, and not merely as memory pictures. Crystal gazing, etc., will greatly help in this. How to Distinguish True from False One question which always presents itself to the mind of the student is this. How can I distinguish the true from the false, real clairvoyant visions from memory pictures and hallucinations? It is extremely difficult to do this, particularly for the beginner, and this ability to distinguish comes only with prolonged practice and experience. A lady of my acquaintance has all her life been enabled to distinguish between phantasmal figures of the living and those of the dead. That is, she could tell by looking at the figure whether it represented a living or a dead person. 
Again, she was always able to tell whether this was a genuine or helpful intelligence, or whether it was an evil or lying one. This ability to distinguish cannot be gained in a day. It must come by practice, and the beginnings of genuine clairvoyance can only be ascertained by experiment and by following up on the visions and figures which appear to one, and see whether they lead to anything definite in the way of progress and enlightenment or not. As to the various symbols and colors which appear to the clairvoyant, these should be interpreted according to the rules laid down in chapters 11 and 12, devoted to these subjects. Clairvoyance and dreams will be discussed in the next chapter. A few words in conclusion as to the theory of clairvoyance. It will be remembered that I enumerated before, pages 117 to 124, the various theories which have been advanced to explain clairvoyance, the astral sense theory, the direct vision theory, etc. Our own view of the matter is that all of the explanations previously proposed are in a sense true, that is, they are all true in particular cases, but that none of them explains all types of clairvoyance. The spirit influence theory is true in some instances, the direct clairvoyance theory is true in others, and the astral sense theory is the correct one in still others, etc. The Mystery Solved as to the difficulty which is presented by the fact that a clairvoyant can animate and speak through his own body while he is psychically active elsewhere, this is explained by assuming that only a portion of his total psychic self remains behind, and that the more active spirit part performs the journey or excursion, this part being connected to the physical body by means of a cord or connection which unites it to the latter. This connection is sometimes called the silver thread and is the channel of communication between the spirit and its body, while the former has gone on its excursion. If this thread were to snap or become broken, death would take place, since the spirit would be unable to return and reanimate the body. Such accidents are extremely rare, but they have been recorded from time to time in the past. In clairvoyance, the connection remains, of course, intact and communication back and forth between the body and the absent psychic self takes place along this cord or thread. In still other types of clairvoyance, on the other hand, no actual excursion or leaving the body takes place. The active consciousness remains in the body, animating it, while the clairvoyant vision takes place through the psychic telescope or tube before mentioned. In such cases, there is no difficulty in accounting for all we see, but this is not such an advanced type of clairvoyance as the former, in which the psychic self leaves the body and goes on trips and excursions of its own. End of chapter 14 Recording by Jeannie Hall, Eldersburg, Maryland